Hey everybody, and welcome to the Rogue Rebels Podcast. I am Sal, and I am here again to talk about books, because I like books, y'all, that's why. Um, if y'all don't like books, then I'm, I'm sorry, this is going to be a book episode. Hey, don't hate, it's awesome, because uh, not only is it a book, it's a High Republic book. And actually books, because we're going to be doing a few other, th- like we're going to throw in a manga, manga. Yeah, I said that wrong. It's okay. I corrected myself. I caught myself. So that's what you got to do sometimes. Hey, people make mistakes, dude. This is life. Um, like when I have books, I have guests. And with me is one of my favorite, wonderful, best buds guests from the northern branch of the Busy Bee Society. Bianca Hernandez Knight. It's true. What's I thought you up? were gonna say from like the Jedi Knights. Um from the Hernandez. The, from, the, from the uh Mr. and Mrs. Star Wars. Mr. and Mrs. Star Wars. <laughs> Mrs. Star Wars herself. <laughs> TM TM. Uh yes, hello. I am excited to uh finally talk about these books that we were I think some some of these titles we were gonna talk about like in January. <laughs> That's true. Okay, yeah. We've been prepping for this for a minute. What happened? Oh, I got a crazy job. <laughs> and I haven't I started been a new, home. We both started new jobs, and then I started my semester again, uh-huh. and it's been a lot. Your stuff is more important than, you know. Dude, like, but you've actually stuff, been, like... You're, like, learning skills, and you're becoming, like, awesome at doing things, and I'm like, dude, that's rad. I just walk around a bunch. Like, the way that I can, like, now insert zippers without question... Uh, like I know the right way to do it. I don't do it perfectly, but I know the right way to do it now. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, damn, damn, damn. Why did I suffer? Why yeah. did I like never just sit down and do this? Yeah. And now I know. I know how to use like the machine buttonhole. It's amazing. Oh, that's awesome. I'm still on like measure twice, cut once. <laughs> like that's that's my level where I'm at. And we're, I kind of all at different levels. Yeah, I, I fold my my fabric, and I'm like that way I can cut it out all at once, and it's symmetrical. Usually works. I mean, I'm, there's no wrong way to do stuff, really. Like, there's oh, just, there's like, a wrong way, Bianca. <laughs> I'm but, like, I'm, I'm learning the like fashion merchandising kind of like these are the standards for if you're making mm-hmm. stuff for like for market for like a fashion house kind of a thing. Um, which like is just oh, these are the nicer way to finish these things. This is the like the high level way to like sew these in. So it's just like. I get it, because, like, if you look at the innards of Annie and all of my costumes, they are a mess. Mm-hmm. Um, do what you need to. I'm also just, like, you know, I guess I can cut on grain. I guess I can, like, care about grain lines now. But for my personal projects, I don't care about grain lines. Red. I know what that is. I uh, found out once. <laughs> it makes a big difference, apparently. Um, it does. Yeah. For, I would say, like. For specific things, it's very important. But say for just like, if you're just making for a funsies thing for yourself, mm-hmm. it probably doesn't matter as much. Well, look, as we all know, I am a serious Jedi. And as one of the most serious Jedi, I have to really pay attention to my grain lines. Uh, you know, because that's what, that's what Jedi do. Um, yeah. Doubtful. Doubtful. <laughs> you Who don't think Winland Voss clothes? would pay attention to, to grain lines? I don't think... He's making his own clothes. That's probably fair. 
What do you think is the, uh, like, criteria? Like, you know, like, all the Jedi kind of go in. Like, do you think they go into, like, do you think the shop just has a bunch of different browns? You think Qui-Gon walked in when it was like, ooh, I like that that chocolate brown tabard. I'm going to go with that, you know. And Obi-Wan was like, like, I'm I'm more of a tan. Yes, I will definitely take the tan. I feel like it depends on which era. Like, I feel like for the prequel era, it's just like, these are the ones that we have in stock right now. Like, we're just using, like, whatever fair trade (laughs) linen that we got in. And we're just going to use this because whatever. But, like, I feel like for High Republic, there's, like, multiple swatch books. Um, Yeah. Like, I feel like there's a swatch book for, like, you know, I forget all the names of the different, like, official, like, costumes that they have, right? I believe it is mission attire and temple attire, if I'm not mistaken. I think there's, like, one more, like, a weird other one. Okay. Um, Fancy attire. (laughs) There's, yeah, there's, like, a different one. And so, like, there's, Mm -hmm. I feel like they have, like, swatch books for, like, literally everything. Like, the trim. They have yeah. a swatch book for your under tunic, your outer tunic, your tabards. Um, I feel like they just have, like, all, like, an atelier. Like, I feel like they have, yeah. like, a Jedi, like, a whole, like, tailoring system. So, yeah. Because especially the leather works, like, the, there's no way oh, for sure. that you have that much leather stuff. Um, or, like, whatever the space leather equivalent to, because I'm, like, it's probably also, like, other kinds of hides and stuff. I'm, like, there's no way that you have that inside of just a fabric a, like a soft part store like that's a separate thing yeah, like, but i mean like they got like five spires one of those spires might just be like fabric <laughs> one of that one of the uh, jedi spires on coruscant is just like we make everything scare like, one custom belt buckle so i don't know what to tell you <laughs> honestly like there has to be like there's no way that there is not a built-in fabrication space for be, the yeah. jedi because of the amount of stuff that they have and also we never hear about them cleaning it which comes up in Mission Disaster, I will say, about dirty mm-hmm. tabards. But, mm-hmm. like, it doesn't seem like they do their own laundry, you know? Mm-hmm. It seems like they have, like, other folks doing their laundry. But it always sounds like, like, they have, like, an air steamer or something. Because it all's like, oh, we're going to put this in the thing. Like, I feel like it's been mentioned before that it's just like, oh, like, to clean the, fa- like, it's a, like, it's a microwave that cleans it real quick. Um, so for next celebration, yeah. I want us to research all of this and then present how do Jedi get dressed what happens to their laundry like a, a whole presentation on like our it. research it's 45 minutes of me putting on a belt oh my God. <laughs> you got a buckle in the back hold on i almost got it taking yeah. bets on how long it takes it'll be good times. Anyone? yeah it's good um, um yeah. yeah i'm happy with that i like that uh i i just i i feel like you're like the prequel era Jedi, it's just kind of like, okay, Obi-Wan had a medium and tan, boom, there it goes out the door. Uh, just get him three robes. He keeps lo- He's losing robes like nobody's business. He said he left this one on Utapau. Um, they start putting the like same the, color. Yeah, they start putting like trackers inside of them, like without telling him. And like every like once in a while, he just sends somebody out after his missions to go like pick up all of his dry cleaning. Like. <laughs> well, that's not going to be good for Anakin. Uh, his robe seems to be on a Naboo in, uh, Royal Starfight, a Royal Star Cruiser. That's weird. I don't know how I got there. Listen, I still <laughs> hold that there's no canonical, despite all the work E.K. Johnson does. There's no canonical reason why Padme would fall in love with Anakin when Daddy Wan Kenobi has been right there. Mm, okay. Just saying. <laughs> I'm not going to argue. 
Uh, I mean, yeah, he, he's right there. You think even Padme was like, he's, he's so far out of my league, man. Oh my god, wouldn't that be amazing? Like, <laughs> She's like, look, I'm queen, I'm senator, I'm like the best, like, you know, uh, a person that does to get stuff done in the Senate. It's like me and Bale. Uh, but this dude is just on another level. Maybe that's why she and Anakin fall in love, because they just are in love with, like, the same person that's unattainable, you know? They're just, <laughs> that's like... fair. Except Anakin is also weirdly like, I love Kenobi, and I also love, like, the Chancellor. He's always looked out for me. Weird. There used to be space therapy along with space laundry, but that's uh-huh. a different... Okay. It's a different discussion. Space laundry is closer. Uh, hey, that was fun. <laughs> uh, anyway... Where can people find you on the interwebs? I am at Bookhoarding on Twitter, at Bianca Hernandez on Instagram, and Bookhoarding by Bianca is my YouTube channel. Um, And that's where I post a bunch of fun DIYs, and I've been doing a lot of Star Wars stuff in the lead-up to Celebration. And so it covers everything from, like, me making a Star Wars towel into a vintage, uh, like, there's, like, vintage patterns and vintage clothing that, like, used beach towels to make cute like rompers and bags and stuff <laughs> so i use that to make a thing and then my video that's dropping soon by the time this is already out it will be up it's on making um that smocked robe that padme wears in episode two oh. um that like velvet thing but like i made mine out of a couch cover and because <laughs> right. i don't <laughs> i don't have money um but also it's not like 20 yards of velvet it's just a couch cover and that's all it is uh so i just made like a little shrug um but yeah and i have more coming because i just drafted like i just drafted like seven patterns friday for all of my celebration costumes that i need to make or not costumes they're gonna be like cash cosplay so there's a lot of star wars shit coming yeah that's what we like to hear so make sure you send all of your uh jedi laundry uh, questions and comments over there uh, book hoarding good times yep. uh, as always you can check us out at the rogue rebels.com we have a facebook page go like it we are on instagram and i got voss pics dropping soon because i just <gasps> did like new voss stuff and it's gonna be rad and I, i've been i had an article that's gonna go up on the website soon i just needed good pictures of voss which i haven't had because things uh also you can see it check us out on twitter that's a question mark yeah uh at rogue rebels fam and check lizzie out at star wars geek girl make sure you listen to their podcast and in their podcast news if you are going to celebration sunday may 29th at 12 30 to 1 30 star wars geek girl will be on the podcast stage lizzie actually isn't making it to a celebration this year because she still has school if it was in august man she could have made it but they moved it to may and did her in um, but Zoe will be there hosting and like maybe Lizzie will call in or something. I'm not sure how it's going to work out, but make sure you do go support and go check them out at the podcast stage. Cause it'll be good times. Whatever star Wars geek girl has in store. It will be good times. Um, speaking of celebration. Nope. I put the news out of order. So you did. <laughs> in- <fine>. in- instead <laughs> let's, we'll get back to celebration in a minute, but phase two of the high republic is coming if you guys are not watching the like high republic show on youtube um the star wars one that they put out with christine ariel you really should because in addition to like having really awesome interviews and they always like every episode usually is like some sort of reveal usually it's like the reveal for book covers or some some uh concept art or something like that which is always rad 
Um, so this time they revealed the first cover of a phase two book, which is the path of deceit. And I'm pretty sure this is like the YA entry um, by Tessa Gratton and Justina Ireland. The cover looks amazing. It's so good. I have no idea what's happening, but it's this beautiful blue star filled sky over like mountains and a field with these three, you know, female figures. And one of them is a Jedi. And then there's like this weird, like, girl just dressed in white with flowers who apparently her name is marta Rowe. question marks question marks question marks red flags um nothing to see here nothing right. wrong with this so the little thing says da, 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 features a pantoran jedi a character known only as the mother and a new evereni character marta Rowe, for a story that will return us to the planet dalna to meet a new group the path of the open hand so dun, dun, dun. no idea but I am instantly curious. I was not mad that we're going 150 years in the past because, like, man, that is such a George Lucas move. Oh, yeah. Um, love it. Love every bit of it. Excited But it's to also, see. like, there's just such a rich amount of, like, history that's clearly been thought of for the High Republic that it's cool to be, like, yeah. let's, you know, let's take that back. Like, let's step back. Because, like, especially thinking about I've been taking, like, fashion history, so I've been thinking about, you know, the influences of the past and everything, because, you know, we don't get to the present without those things having in some way collectively influenced it, and I just, it's exciting. It's rad. I, I, I just love, like, there's so much depth there, and it is, like, the coolest thing, but it's just, like, I just love how gloves off they get to go at this uh, era. Mm-hmm. And I love how, I love the idea of building something on your own that you get to do so unconnected from everything so that you can go all out in whatever direction you want, you know? So I still have no idea what's going to happen or what already happened, but you said Dalna? That's a thing I've been curious since, like, you know, Into the Shadows or whatever, or Into the Dark. Uh, You know what I mean? Uh, since mm-hmm. it was first mentioned in these High Republic books. Because Comac seems worried. I mean, it's an inter... It's, I'm, I'm excited. I'm stoked. I, I've loved... All of Justina Ireland's books have been superb, so... Superb. That's a fact. Yeah. yeah. Fact. Uh-huh. In fact, we got two Justina Ireland books that we're actually talking about soon. Oh, but real quick, back to celebration for those who are going Thursday, three to four on the Galaxy stage is the High Republic for Light and Life panel. Um, so that's the big High Republic panel. And Rad, I want to, I'm really looking forward to this one. Right now, the High Republic is one of my favorite things happening in Star Wars right now. Um, so, dude, I am so all about this. It's, uh, let's see. Centuries before the Skywalker Saga, there was the High Republic. Join moderator and Star Wars, the High Republic show host, Christina Ariel, along with luminous authors, Claudia Gray, Justina Ireland, Daniel Jose Older, Kevin Scott, and Charles Sewell, along with Lucasfilm's James Wow and Michael Sigling for an in-depth conversation. Get out of the way, little notification. About the golden age of Jedi, including all new announcement and reveals from Phase 2 Quest of the Jedi. Oh, I forgot it was called Quest of the Jedi. That sounds rad. Oh, I'm excited. 
I'm stoked. And I want to add that I have started a poll for an unofficial High Republic Jedi meetup, uh, but also I'm inviting the Nihil costume group as well. So, you know, nice. chaos. Yeah. Uh, and we're voting on like a time, whether before or after for this. I don't even know a location that might be good for this. But anyway, mm-hmm. um, if folks are interested, there's a Facebook group called the High Republic Jedi Costumes, where people have been posting their research, their uh, like screen caps from like comics and mm-hmm. You know, all the good things to, you know, and also people posting accountability posts for their celebration costumes. So. Yeah. People are working on builds. Like, somebody in there's got, like, a skier mask going, and it's red. Dude, I've been tagging you on those because yeah. I'm just like, this is insane. It's so good. But I'm checking out all the metal work they do, like, on the belt. Because, like, we were talking about costumes before and Jedi laundry. Like... Skier, like, everybody's walking in there and being like, okay, so I'm interested in a lightsaber holster, but no, mine needs to go at an angle, and I want it from the left, you know? Like, all of the the customization of the High Republic Jedi, like, what's her name? Keeve Trennis has the lightsabers on her bandolier, on her mission outfit. Avar Chris has the holster that fits her, like, tri-pointed cross-guard lightsaber in. You know what I mean? Like, everybody has such cool custom pieces everybody's buckles and tabards like do you walk in there and you're like so i'm looking in a uh let me go with the chocolate mission leather but i want this uh embroidered on it or (laughs) emblazoned i mean so again like this is my whole idea that i feel like there has to be like swatch books for all of this but also i feel like maybe there's some ergonomics to this like you know maybe it's like let's see like how this would work for you and your body like maybe there's some actual like did they just lose by the time we get to the prequels did we lose all the like leather workers like do you have a person like maybe you have like you have your own stylist like maybe like one stylist for every like 15 jedi or so and they were like look uh, but with your moves, darling, what we can do with your hair, I can put a hood on your cape. Tell me, how do you feel, Avar? How do you? How would you feel about a circlet? Like, there's a lot to be said for the jewelry, the opulence and jewelry. Like, maybe it's more baroque. I don't know. Like, it it just reminds me a lot of these periods of like opulent fashion, um, where it's like. Like, when, when we talk about the Baroque period, it's like, there's nothing left undecorated. Um, okay. And I feel, I feel like that's, like, the, these Jedi or, like, the Baroque Jedi, because there's okay. something on, like, everything, right? Like, their boots even have details, right. but, like, their tabards have all these um, intricate things, and there's all this, like, symbolism and meaning on everything, but there's also, like, jewelry, which is just, like, to me, I'm like, that's such an indicator that we were just in a different kind of philosophy right, right. because we have these attachments to adornment, which is, like, not unimportant. Like, adornment is a thing in, like, human history that's, like, been important to signify so many things. But, like, if we compare that to the so less adorned prequel, mm-hmm. it's just such, like, it's so reactionary to me. Like, it's such a reactionary, okay. like, you know style like, everybody's gonna be mad but i'm just gonna make the joke yo of uh, the baroque jedi i am a baroque jedi <laughs> um but anyway like i love the idea like there's it's almost like like there's a weird like the the uh, just in general the high republic has like this different idea of attachments because mm-hmm. 
Like, you could see it as like, oh, they're going to dress fancy in their fancy clothes. And like, the Jedi of the prequel era, you know, the twilight of the Jedi is like, oh, look, like, they are just Jedi. They are no more, no less. Their individuality is not a part of their thing. But I sort of see it as more of like, like, Skier's not going in, in there going like, yo, give me the baller belt with the uh, gold trim. And I, like, the the adornment and the accessories are like, to me, it's a little more of an expression of individuality that the Jedi mm-hmm. of the prequels era don't have. What are mm-hmm. you? You tan Jedi? Okay, tan Jedi. Put him in the tan Jedi pile. Okay, brown Jedi? Okay, put him in the brown Jedi pile. You know, you know yeah, I mean, then, then you have like, you know, Ayla and Barriss, Afi, and, you know, Ahsoka. Like, you have a few that clearly have a little more individuality than the others. But for the most part, Jedi are very, like, cut and paste. Whereas these ones, even though like their style is similar, like we said, the mission attire and the fancy attire, they they have some those little pieces that give them the individuality. Um, I I like that idea for Jedi, mm-hmm. like I like having a Jedi that doesn't exactly fit into a generic, like now we're getting into club terms, but like the generic idea and the idea of what a generic Jedi is. Like, I like that you can have your own Jedi, which is what all these people are, but have like, hey, I also have, I really like my boots because I have 17 buckles on them. And like, hey, this is my symbol on my arm. It means me or whatever. Or whatever. Like, because everybody has those pieces. 100%. And I think that that's why, in my mind, there could never be just a generic costume standard for any of these. And this is like, maybe like, hot take, but... Mm. I just feel like it would have to be really, really broad and be like, here are the options versus right. like the current generics, which are very like, I feel like um, it's 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 less of what you can do and what you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that like the reverse thinking is like if there were costume standards from a club that were like what you could do um, to encourage creativity versus just these kind of uh trappings of like this is limiting essentially Mm -hmm. like limiting versus um opening up spaces Mm -hmm. um i just am like i feel like there's no way to just be like make an unadorned generic like it has to be very customized it has to be like yeah but i kind of go the other way i'm like hey like like i think you could have a generic standard it's like hey this is your mission standard you know you need brown it can be leather or it can be fabric you can have symbols on it or not symbols. You know, you can have these symbols are already a thing, or you know, you can have this Jedi symbol, or you can have this like, you know, a lot of these symbols they look almost like the floor of the what we know as the floor of the Jedi Council room, mm-hmm. you know. But it's like emblazoned on the bottom of their tabards, and they just look rad. Oh, okay, you want a lightsaber? You can either have a lightsaber holster, or you can put your lightsaber holster on a uh, bandolier, or you can have like. So I feel like you can give people a few options from things we've seen. Like, and not, you can free them up with the ideas, but you could also be like, hey, like, if you have two lightsabers, then you get to have two lightsaber things. Like, but you can't be like, hey, you can't have three lightsaber holsters and like a bandolier with four more lightsabers in it. Get out of here, Boondock Saints Jedi. Um, You know what I mean? Like, we're going to have one of those. Just wait. That's going to happen now. Now you got two hands. If you got four hands, I'll give you four lightsabers. If you got two hands, you got two lightsabers. I mean, you put it out into the world. I feel like now it's going to happen. I did. But I also created 
I also created a little buffer. Little buffer. It's called, I thought it was called common sense, but whatever. Uh, but like just different things like that. Yeah, you can have a hood on your cloak or you can not have a hood on your cloak. Um, but I like the idea and like that sort of, like we have so many resources. There's so many comics about that. We've had this for like a year and a half. Mm-hmm. We've already got like, what do we got? Like 40 comics out there of this mm-hmm. era, mm-hmm. all with plenty of different ideas of what the lightsabers look like, what the mission gear, temple gear, cloaks, belts, boots. So I feel like you can sort of pick and choose from all those things and be like, hey, I like this sort of idea of a buckle and this sort of idea of a pouch and this sort of idea of a cloak and this sort of idea of this. And like really, I think a standard of this, you could run with it and create your own really cool thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope that people would do that. Yeah, Maybe we'll see them that, like, at the High Republic gathering thing you said earlier. 100%. I also think like that's the kind of fun to i will say 100 like i feel like it's kind of fun to see people making these without quote standards in place because mm-hmm. i'm very much just like we don't all need to be going for club approvals like we can have fun with this and mm-hmm. also like honestly having gone to like fashion school some of the like standards i look at now i'm like oh honey that's not how seams work so i'm just like <laughs> oh but that's what it looks like in the comic what am i supposed to do yeah, I build animated costumes, so I've run into that a lot. Dude, I will always hold that, like, making the Mara Jade costume have, like, inner thigh quilting, like, adding padding yeah. to that. Yeah. I'm like, that just doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Uh, but okay. Also, she's not going to wear pleather. I'm sorry. Like, mm-mm. That girl's not wearing it's hot. pleather. It's hot. It's hot, and she's a badass like she's not gonna be out here in pleather right oh i'm this no i'm the sleeveless jedi i i increase mobility listen i mean like her her jumpsuit was sleeveless it's just the uh right right. let's put her in a let's make sure it's a pleather one i'm like no 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 no. good times well i i like that the costume design for jedi has come far I'm still like I love it. I think it's super sick. I love the looks, and I love like the uh, like because what I'm also noticing is like the separation, like a uh, like the the padawans. The padawans have a unique look. It seems like a lot of them don't really have tabards, but they have like different colored sashes, and the sashes seem mm-hmm. to match their lightsaber color, and it's just cute and adorable. I love that. It's so cute, like, and I'm just like it's such a small it, thing, but it's like such a nice like they're treated. I don't know. I just feel like there's. Again, like, the focus on individualism here versus how right. we get to, like, this kind of, like, we're, we are one kind of sentiment is just really indicative of, like, how limiting people's creativity and, like, expression can be, you know, harmful. Like, it can be harmful yeah. to be, like, no, you assimilate. Like, assimilate into this thing. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and that's, like, and it also, like, not just the costumes. But totally, as we've gone through the High Republic, the individuality of the Jedi is very strong as well. And that's another thing that you see sort of like pushed down in a lot of the prequel era stuff. Like, you know, Qui-Gon was the rebel. Qui-Gon would fit right along with these High Republic Jedi in these times who are looking for answers and following the Force and like trusting their instincts. Things that are sort of frowned upon by the, by the Mace Windus of our era. You know what I mean? Which is hilarious because I'm rereading the like young um, Obi Wan stuff from 
the prequel era. Like the OG that I think is now like no longer canon. But not the last of the Jedi, but it's uh what is it called? Jedi Apprentice, right? Yeah, Jedi Apprentice. Um I I'm rereading that and like the first thing the first book is like all about how Qui-Gon's like he doesn't want to take on a rebellious Obi Wan. Like he thinks Obi Wan's too uh spirited. <laughs> That's hilarious. Consistency in Star Wars? Yeah. No, 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 no. I really, like, did you read Master and Apprentice? Yes. <laughs> I loved that book. Uh, and I'm also, coincidentally, or not coincidentally, I'm actually reading Brotherhood right now. And Ooh. there's a lot of really cool stuff that's getting touched on in there. That, um, you know, obviously it's it's about Qui- uh, Qui-Gon. It's about Anakin and Obi-Wan. So it's obvi- like Master Obi-Wan as opposed to Padawan Obi-Wan. But... You know, him dealing with a lot of the issues and, and like things like like their their relationship and Obi-Wan's ideas and like like Obi-Wan himself finding this weird balance of having to constantly deal with these fools that like he doesn't see eye to eye. Like Qui-Gon was the first. This dude was arguing with his master and he's like, don't do it again, master. Oh, master. Like and then 10 years later, he's like, Anakin. Oh, Anakin. Don't like like that's his whole life. But like at you know, by the time we get to the Clone Wars, you, Obi Wan starts to see a little bit of like, like having those people like help him balance himself as well. Um, and I really like that idea, and I really like him finding his place like with them, and finding out how like like them. It's sort of like the beginning of building the relationship away from Master and Apprentice. You know, to where they become brothers, you know, more like brothers, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan. Mm-hmm. So far, it's a good book. I haven't finished it yet, but I am working on it. And my review will be up at therogerebels.com soon. So make sure to look forward to a podcast and review and everything. Hey, check us out at therogerebels.com. Yeah. Yay. In like a month. Oh, wait, no, the book comes out in 10 days. Hey. Hey. <laughs> hey. Um, okay. I guess let's dive into these books. Yeah. Both these are Justina Ireland. The first one we're going to get into... His reverse timeline. His mission to disaster. <laughs> mission to disaster. Okay, this was the young reader, like the middle grade book, um, for the like, the, of the last phase. So this happens like right before Fallen Star. I read it after, so I'm like a little bit out of order, but it's still, you know, like I like I like to read things in order, and I didn't. That's the end of my sentence. <laughs> Uh, I don't know why I waited to the end for this one, but it's another book with uh, with uh, uh, Vernestra Rowe. Vern! Like, definitely, consistently, one of my favorite characters in every book she's in, which is usually the Justine Ireland books. So good. I love her. I yeah. love Vern. She is fantastic. And, like, every book has done, like, Justina has done a real great job of, like, building her like when we meet her in a what's the first one test of courage Mm -hmm. she's like just barely she's barely been knighted and she's like the fresh-faced youngest padawan or the youngest knight in Mm -hmm. an age and like building to where we are now and now she's like a jedi master and she has a padawan of her own who's like a year younger than her um it has been through some stuff like emory has been quite a bit i think like I so love the, it's not just like maturity. It's just like this, like, 
really balanced way that Vern comes at everything, you know? Yeah. And I just think that, like, we have this basically a Jedi prodigy. And I feel like Vern is everything Anakin could never be. Like, mm-hmm. Anakin was, like, Harold is such a chosen one. But, like, it's just really nice to be, like, this isn't some weird chosen one thing. This right. is just, like, this is someone who's just genuinely super gifted and super good, but doesn't make that the only thing that centers them, mm-hmm. right? Like, I think that Vern is super self-aware of the privilege that she brings into the space that she's in as this young, kind of, like, known, really uh, efficient and good Jedi. And I feel like her relationship with Emery is just, like, it's just really warming, heartwarming. Like, it just feels yeah. like there's such patience and such, um, like, actual true mentorship that I feel like we honestly do not get a ton of in the Jedi-Padawan relationship. I love, I love their relationship. Like, I love her as a master to him. Like, it's such a weird thing because it's usually, like, the, the most of the this sort of uh, dynamic that we've seen, there's such a formality. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, Anakin and even with Anakin and Obi-Wan, but, like, with her and him... Like, she's at this, she occupies this strange space where, like, she's always the the little, she's always the newest one to the masters. So she feels, like, inadequate because she's so young, even though she is the prodigy. You know, even though she was knighted for a reason, she doesn't feel that way. She feels she's walking into a room of adults and she's not one. Mm-hmm. And then her classmates, all the, everybody else who's, like, maybe freshly knighted now, or what, you know, everybody that's, like, a Padawan that, like, is in her class... It's almost like she's ahead of them. And so, like, they don't look at her as part of, like, she's, it's like, she doesn't fit in with them either. You know what I mean? Like, in a weird mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, she occupies this weird space where she doesn't really get to be a part of either. But she has such a, a compassion and an understanding for her Padawan, like Imri, and the connection and the stuff that they've shared and been through. Like, they connect a lot better and... Like there's an honesty in their their mentor mentee relationship that I feel doesn't translate to most. Like even she, like her master was Stellan Geos, and we're four books in, and she still hasn't told this full about her lightsaber because she's oddly nervous about it. You know what I mean? Like there's mm-hmm, a weird, mm-hmm. there's a disconnect there. I feel like it's just like I feel like Vern. And Emery's relationship is this one that, like, leaves the power at the door. Like, yeah. if not if not just has that kind of Vern checking her own power and privilege the mm-hmm. whole time. Like, it just feels like all the other Jedi relationships, no matter, like, even, like, we know that Anakin and Obi-Wan are essentially, like, brothers. But we also, there's such right. a strong power dynamic. And I think power tension between those two constantly and i feel like because we have Vern, who's just like i think brings her own experiences of not sure where she stands because of the power dynamics in these other groups mm-hmm. knowing that she can take that out of her relation like she has the power to remove the power imbalance in yeah. her yeah. relationship and she does that and i think it's yeah. so good she definitely treats him as like she she yeah it, it's like I don't want to say she treats him like a person like the other people don't, but they definitely like they occupy the master space in a different way as to where it's like 
it's so formal that you lose the personal relationship. Whereas with her and Inbreed, mm-hmm. like they speak almost as friends would. And then, you know, and she recognizes his talents and gifts as well. Instead of just being like, well, I'm the master. So I think we should blah, 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 blah. Like mm-hmm. she's like, hey, you're really good at this. So why don't you do that? Like she like that becomes a uh, uh, like that becomes part of their plans or their of how they work. Like mm-hmm. they're able she's able to utilize them in what works best, regardless of who's the master and who's the apprentice and what's the this and what's the that. Um, like because he has his he's very he's like such an empathetic Jedi that yes in in some of the other books he's really struggling with it it's almost debilitating it seems like he's got a lot more of a handle on it now but um you know when she's like looking for ways to actually help them she realizes that she doesn't have the tools she's like well let me talk to let's go to the library and talk to blobbity blue they might have more of an idea of what to do in this situation because i've never had to struggle with this um so she's she's like she she notices their strengths and their weaknesses when, and really doesn't like, it's almost like she's a Jedi without ego. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. think that's so important and so refreshing because like it really lets her and, and Emery operate and like kind of be like, that's almost, that's like another way of being selfless, right? Like not putting 100%. your own, your own ideals or your own, whatever you want to call it, your own spin, your own. Eh. And I think too, she's always just like open to hearing his, his like kind of out of the box ideas on things yeah. instead of immediately being like, it doesn't fit my paradigm of what we should do. So I'm shutting it down. Yeah. I just feel like their relationship is the ideal mentor mentee relationship because it isn't this, like I'm sternly telling you how you should be doing stuff. It's I'm listening to you and you're listening to me and it's this kind of like yeah it's less of a one-way transaction and more of a cooperative space where it's yeah. like you can also grow with your mentee like you can get something out of that relationship to learning about yourself and i feel like that's what we see here and i just i just love it i just yeah. i dig it i dig seeing like healthy relationships and healthy power dynamics and so forth because Honestly, that is one of the biggest issues in Star Wars relationships, like mm-hmm. whether it's like romantic or fringe or whatever. It's these weird power dynamics that just can be cringe yeah. at times, but I just, yeah. it's heartwarming. And I love that Justina keeps getting to write Vern and like, oh, yeah. love it. And just like as a side note, I talked about this when we covered uh, Race to Crash Point Tower, but also seeing Vern through like the other's eyes. Like when I was talking about how she kind of doesn't fit in with the Padawans, uh, there's a lot of good stuff in Race to Crash Point Tower where she's working with Lula Talisola, who's like another prodigy, but she's like a step behind. Like she's about the same age, but she hasn't quite been knighted yet. And she's doing her own stuff Um, and seeing this one. And she's like, oh, my God, like, that's her. That's the one she's like already knighted and like. And the other, you know, Lula is the one who's trained to be the perfect Jedi and she's always wanted to be the most powerful, like, and she can't wait to be knighted and she's like right there and aced every class and first in lightsaber. So she's almost looking at like the better version of her. It's that episode of The Simpsons where like the girl that's smarter than Lisa is in the class. Um, But like, I love seeing her play off of that because 
you know, like as she gets to like, they sort of work together for a little bit. And like, I think there's a scene in there where they kind of talk it out and she's like, Hey, look, dude, like, it's not about any of that. Like we're, I'm just here to do the job. And you're like, we're the same. We're not, you know, like she's able to like, like she's not, uh, she's not like standoffish and so formal in a way. And I think that goes for a lot of the Jedi of this era, but yeah, like I just really like, uh, Vernestra and the way that she treats everybody. And I think it has a little bit to do with also that like she exists outside of everybody too. Like she doesn't fit in with them. She doesn't fit in with them. She's too old to be this. She's too young to be that. Um, and everybody's perceptions of her. And she really doesn't take any of that into account. She's like, Hey, I'm just me. This is what I think we should do. This is how can I help? What do you need? And I really like that about her. Mm-hmm. She's wonderful. Protect her at all costs. Protect. You know, and she does care. And that's another difference of the Jedi of this era. Like, they do care and they do have relationships and friends and, uh, like, healthy attachments. Which I think was another, you know, downfall. Yeah, I definitely feel like it's just like this weird nuanced thing now where it's like, you can have attachments, but there, like, and there is a way to also keep your vows, you know, like... Mm-hmm. There's nuance there versus the like prequel Jedi that are just kind of like no attachments mm-hmm. because we said so. And I'm like, this isn't right. an email. Like people are are diverse and different, and like having no attachments is like <sighs> like that's obviously going to lead to issues for people who can't stop right. themselves. Right. And then like if you don't have a paradigm for addressing that or for coping with that in your community it just goes unaddressed and then it becomes a problem and i'm thinking too of like how i feel like there's clearly like mental health issues too that go unaddressed with the jedi and i feel like that's a whole different topic but i'm also just like you know when we do these blanket statements that leave out people in our communities where do they get help where can they talk about these things it too often ends up that they just have to hide that they're having issues and that doesn't always end up being good for anyone's welfare. I mean, those rules sound like absolutes to me. Listen. You know? Um, yeah. So this is a great book. Another, if you've loved the other uh, young readers or even the, what was the other one? Uh, Justine Ireland did out of the shadows, which had Vernestra and Silvestriaro, which is also really, really good. Um, so if you're a fan of Vernestra, this book is for you. Hey, surprise. Uh, let's see. I guess let's get into some of the nitty gritty. There's like, this also has Avon Staros in it again, back again, who is wonderful. And also like, we haven't seen her in a little bit. So getting to see her like how far, because like she was kind of like a punk kid who was like messing with droids and stuff like, you know, but now she's like, she's like, uh, a scientist now who's like actually working in like the field and like, you know, interning or whatever you want to call it. Um, but then bam, she's kidnapped. Yep. Bad uh, she was specifically working on like hyper crystal research and like yeah. synthesizing them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's super interesting. And in, like the kind of bigger context around like using hyper crystals to power things. Right. Um, right. How that's been clearly a long term scientific study mm-hmm. but yeah uh the nile show up at port Haley, and uh shit goes to shit yep that's what it do that's what it do 
and they take her and she gets kidnapped and guess what avon your friend has been kidnapped what you gonna do hey we gotta figure it out so they try to go and follow the clues and all that kind of stuff so a little bit of it is like it's a little bit of a like mystery like mm-hmm. on their side because they're trying to figure out oh well, well i think it was the nile and why would they just kidnap a scientist that's weird they and also do the nile are supposed to be gone and rounded up so oh, yeah. where would the Nihil be? Avon is tracking down the eye of the storm, Lorna D. She's got this all under control, y'all. Um, yeah, so like in this is, yeah, the current time where like the Nihil are supposed, it's their like last dying gasps because they're just going crazy because they're almost dead because Avon is, so, uh, Avon? Avar is so good at hunting them down. Yeah, uh, so like everything's fine. So it's so weird. Fine. Um, I think that my favorite part of Vernon Emery coming um, to Port Haley, like they end up like being recruited to kind of help. My mm-hmm. favorite part of all of this is how concerned about the noodle cart Emery is. Yes. <laughs> and like, just like, okay, in general, the amount of food talk in the Hyrule, Hiro- this has been addressed in the Hyrule Public show, if you aren't watching that, but like the amount of food stuff in the Hyrule Public books, comics, everything has been so refreshing and weirdly fun. And like, I didn't like, they were talking about it in the higher publishing. And they were like, look, dude, like food, it, like it's kind of like a part of culture and stuff in different ways. And I didn't even like realize that, but I just was like, man, this is like the coolest thing. Everybody like there's noodles, man. This is rad. Like, and like, there's a, there's a bake off comic that I believe I talked about mm-hmm. <laughs> on another podcast, but like, there's so much going on. Uh, with this food. comes up a lot in uh, the Austin and literary fiction space because okay. um, there are specifically a bunch of authors of color who've written Jane Austen adaptations that were centered in their communities of color. And one of the first things that white people say is like, oh, my God, there's so much food writing. And a lot of people of color are like, but. It's not really like I'm they people try to shunt the like people of color into like, oh, you're a food writer. And it's like, no, I'm just writing about food because it's like really important to that community. And like, it's part of your daily life. It's less of I'm a food writer and more of this is just really important to like these things. They would be there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's really refreshing because I feel like in this kind of genre of like space fiction like space-centered fiction we've mm-hmm. been so western dominated and like dominated by like white men and it's so refreshing to have this lensing and this ability to push it and make it like more accessible because i'm like it makes sense to have people talking about foods and things like these are tons of different cultures interacting but also like it's kind of it, it's enriching to how we read things um and how we world build because i think that's the problem like honestly like we're really really used to world building from like a certain gaze from like the white western gaze Mm -hmm. um in this genre and it's really really refreshing to have world building that is from like decentering that essentially for sure like the high republic so far has been some of the most diverse storytelling around but i just love like little things like that like the food it just having it present, like it, it, it makes the stories a little more grounded. I guess, like for me, I just see it as like, oh yeah, of course, like, huh? They've never talked yeah. about a uh, a you know, Luke Skywalker having dinner. You're like, why not? Like, that fool eats, you know he does, or whoever. 
You know what I mean? And it's just like a weird thing that it's like a such an unspoken because I guess, I guess in the context of adventure, like everybody eats. Why does it have to be fun or interesting? But it's like, no, dude, like it just makes it more real. Like you're telling a real story uh, and you connect to the characters that are sharing real spaces and real experiences that you might have because you might not have like, you know, been on a Star Destroyer uh, raining down planetary bombardment or something. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. Like that's that's part of why I enjoy it so much. But just it's 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 cool. And it's wonderful, and it's another way, and particularly in like the High Republic Adventures comics, seeing the characters with such joy, enjoying Yoda baked goods and buckets of blood baked goods, uh, is is great. It's really nice. I I just and I think too. You know, to me, I'm like this is expanding the gaze of who gets to not only tell these stories, but who gets to feel um, welcome in these stories. Um, Fair. I just think it's really awesome. Yeah, um, definitely. The other things that happen when they get to Port Huey is that they run into J6. And yeah. like, there's this, there's this comment about like how J6 is like, <laughs> was like able to use like the blaster attachment, I guess, during like the Nile stuff and said something about like that was the best memory in their data bank and i'm just like <laughs> there's so many good little lines in this i yeah. just love it so much yeah there's there's like and it's such a it's like i said it's a young reader book so you can knock this out in an afternoon mm-hmm. i mean unless you're a young reader it might take you a little longer <laughs> but it i like some of these books i love the pacing sometimes i love the pacing of the young reader or the young adult books so much more because mm-hmm. it's almost like I don't want to say like they get to the point, but they get to the point. <laughs> like yeah, you just you're in it and it's fun and you go. There's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of building to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, I definitely feel like they don't get bogged down with some of the things that we get in like the quote adult, you know, novelizations right, right. and stuff. Like it just it's really. It's very clear and succinct storytelling, and I dig it. Like, sometimes yeah. that's just, like, that's why I love romance novels. Like, you know it's going to have a beginning, middle, and end, and not just, like, JK, it's, like, two endings, because <laughs> there's all this political stuff that happened in the beginning that you weren't paying attention to. That's now, like, the whole third final showdown that's happening. <laughs> Good times. I found a, a concept art of Kara Zoo. So when she gets kidnapped, uh, when Avon gets kidnapped, Kara Zoo is like one of the new Tempest Runners because you know we've been losing Tempest Runners for like a minute. Uh, and I don't know her. She has like kind of shredder forearm armor <laughs> that I'm kind of digging. Uh, I love thank you StarWars.com for putting out these like cool pieces of concept art because I just love seeing a lot of these characters. Like that's something as a book reader that we don't get. I would love to see this for all the books like Gayla Voss. If you guys have like Gayla Voss, maybe just toss out a Gayla Voss. That would be really cool to see. Because um, that's <laughs> rad. I love the designs. I just love all the designs that we get, and I like again to the diversity and all these characters. Um, and yeah. I, I really hope that for future, like non even High Republic stuff, we get character design stuff um, yes. outside of just covers because I think this has just been really refreshing. Yeah, I but love yeah, seeing so... visually like these things that I don't normally get to see visually. Yeah, you know. So uh, Avon is trying to like convince the Nile. Like there was a line about how she's trying to not look clever, and I thought that was super cute. Mm-hmm. But she eventually like 
gets into like the sciency like Nile space. Mm-hmm. Uh, like she shows off how like smart she is, and then like gets to help do research but it's also sabotaging them at the same time right right she gets to help their scientists help quotation quotation marks um i thought that was great i love like yeah. kids up to shenanigans plot line but yeah it's all it's such a cool thing of like she's not like waiting around to be rescued she's like okay well what do i do like how can i you know figure something out and um, then meanwhile while she's up to shenanigans uh vernon emery are dealing with they get to Dolna, and there's, like, some weirdness happening. There's Dolna! Just, there's some shadiness. So, basically, like, there's this berry that's, like, made for wine and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, but it has, it's, like, this very expensive... I don't know. There's, like, a bunch of weird political stuff. Yeah. And then they're, like, but Nihil. <laughs> right. And so they're, like, trying to... Like, I think they follow the clues or something that point there. And then when mm-hmm, they get mm-hmm. there, they're like, nope, no Nile here. Or like, anybody seen any Nile? Mm-mm. But then there's also like some political people that show up for some meeting. And mm-hmm. it happens, one of them happens to be Honesty from like a test of courage. who was like one of the, you know, like the son of a counselor who died or senator or something. And now he's kind of like the uh, one of the chairman or, or maybe the senator. I can't remember exactly what he is. But um, there's some political shenanigans and yeah there's stuff that's just not adding up and dun 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 yeah so there's a there's a jedi temple on dalna Mm -hmm. and like first of all the jedi there are all adorable in their own ways so cute they're adorable um but it's also like we've heard this kind of whispers and other things how like the dalnans don't like the jedi i know not that 150 years ago business on dalna but now that we're here like it is clear that the natives mistrust Jedi because something happened, like the Jedi came to help, but somehow messed it up, and now the people hate them. Mm-hmm. Yet they still have a temple there. It's kind of weird. But the people in temple are like, oh, we don't, we kind of go to town a little bit for supplies, and that's about it. People don't really like us. Like, we don't, they kind of are like, oh, we don't even butt in unless they ask you know if they ask us for our help we go and help them but we don't go bother them because they don't like to talk to us um one of the jedi is nyla quinn who's like a very old she's like the grandma twi'lek um she's awesome and we have her costume design yasek sparkburn who may or may not be related to the other spark jordana sparkburn but this was another one where i was like i might be able to pull off that costume he has crossover tabards. I, I don't know how I feel about it. it, but he looks good. I dig it. It's just like, I don't yep. have time for yep. more. I'm it just going to do this. It's great. Then we have uh, Lissa Vots, who's the archivist. And she's like the one who's like, oh, I, I like do the library and I like do all the research. and I love doing research. And uh, I think she was named after Lissa, one of the uh, the PR people at Disney Books, Aww. which is pretty rad to like get your own character so yeah shout out also thank you for hitting your boy up hitting rogue rebels up with an advanced copy because we we like that <laughs> good times good times good times uh so good. yeah jedi laundry <laughs> there was like a comment about like this fruit there they eat that's like super juicy and it like yeah. ruins tabards and i'm just like who does the laundry because like there's no mention. They're just like they just act like they gotta get new tabards, and I'm like, 
y'all don't do laundry? Like, <laughs> yeah, they were like, many a tabard has been lost. And I'm huh. just like, this ain't like falling to the dark side. This is juice from a berry. Like, yeah. are you telling me that yeah. you can't? There's no stain remover? There's no, like, tied to go pin? Well, like, now the Obi-Wan leaving his robe everywhere makes sense. Because it's like, ah, he just picks up a new one every day anyway. It's like tissue. Like, Yeah. <laughs> this so is not good. sustainable anyway. Uh, it's it's hilarious. <laughs> I really like Sparkburn's, like, little shoulder. I do like his costume, man. It's really nice. It's not bad. I like the asymmetry. Like, yeah nice good times uh so and they're all cool and they like make like they make food there they're like cooking it up and they come into the temple and and of course imri is like hell yeah man i love eating new food everywhere we go uh so imri is super down and ruins his tabards i believe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he like has a comment about like how he needs like another set of tabards and again i'm just like why <laughs> like why can't you just clean <sighs> Anyway. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's going on. Then they're still trying to, like, uncover exactly what, like, if the Nile are there, they're trying to figure out where exactly they're hiding, right? But the planet is, like, kind of sparsely populated. Apparently that big thing 150 years ago was a big disaster. So there's very few people that still live there. Um, there's only a couple of cities or, or some such. So, but they also know that they can't just go around asking because people don't like them anyway. Um, yeah. So there's so much tension, mm-hmm. but it's like this weird, like it's unresolved, but it's also unreturned. Like the Jedi are like, look, we're just here. And when they need us, we help. Uh, but we kind of don't really bother them unless that, because they don't like us and we don't know what else to do. Yeah. I don't know. Seems rough. It's real. It's real bad. It's bad time. Yeah. And all this does is make me go like, well, what the hell happened 150 years ago? Seems like we're going to find out, homie. Ooh, I can't wait. Now, when phase two was announced, this was my first question. I'm ready. Yeah. And that was it. My first question was like, are we going to Dalna? Question answered. Um. Uh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> anyway, they eventually find like... About, they find out about like the Nihil uh, being a not completely decimated. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oops, and then also like kidnapping kids for like training and shit. Like, yeah, it's messed up. Oh yeah, so when uh when Avon is kidnapped, like she's there with like a, a room full of kids, and she sort of tells them like, "Hey, I'm gonna do my best to like try to help," you know, blah 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 blah. But she gets out to go help the scientists, and she's able to like, you know outsmart her way to like a few different things but she's still kind of like well how can i help how can i escape and then i can go get help and bring him back or maybe i can open the door for them but like she's also brainstorming not just to help herself but to try to rescue the other kids as well so i really like that avon uh you know had a little bit of good jedi vernestra rub off on her right see when you're a good person you like create more good goodness out in the world there's a comment in the other thing that we're going to be talking about that I think speaks to that that whole ethos, but we can get to that when we get to it. Um, yeah, so there's this like whole Nihil thing going down, and uh, 
it's messed up, but I'm yeah. I'm proud of um I'm proud of Avon for being like, you know what? I'm gonna use my smarts, I'm gonna slowly like make good with like the Nihil scientists and use this time to try to plot an escape for us all. Yeah. So like they're building something and they need a kyber crystal to do it. So she's like been also researching kyber crystals. So she like sort of knows how to do it and she kind of like figures it out. But then she's also like, well, I'm going to make like a bad one. So it doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. And like trying to like, she, it's so like nerdy because she's trying to create increasingly bad ones. Like, oh yeah. And she like, there's like a whole passage of her, her being like, oh, I'm so bummed. I didn't get, didn't get to test how bad this one was going to be. You know, like it's just <laughs> precious baby scientist. Yeah. Um, and like, I just, I dig it. It's, but yeah, I just love like when she's talking about it, she's like, oh, well, because the, you know, the crystal matrix inside like is ever evolved. Like, and she's like, starts like getting into it. So and then good. like the Nile are just like, uh, yeah, you go help the scientist. <laughs> so I just like the idea of her like nerding out on stuff so much that people are like, uh-huh. <laughs> That's cool. Sounds rad. Um, can relate can yeah. relate to being that child as yeah. i was always like reading like i was reading like michael Crichton in like elementary school and i'd be like trying to talk to adults about like all the science behind his mm-hmm. like theories of stuff yeah and i'm like oh no one wants to talk to me about how like multiverses work uh, this is me telling people about ulick keldroma and exarcoon <laughs> it's good times that's what we never is. grow out of it that's mm-hmm. the problem mm-hmm. anyway that's why you start podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are ice skaters on this planet, y'all. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like that. They they come at them was, and they're out there. I thought that was really cool. I, again, love this, like, increasing how we see the galaxy and, like, oh, that was nice. Nice little gators. Also, maybe it's because we just watched a terrible Peter Pan, but, like, this almost reeks of like a slightly like Peter Pan, like like Lost Boys and like the alligator and like all this like. The uh, I like there's a part, I think it's right here when they're going at the ice skaters and like they're all sort of exploring in whatever the ship is that they have. And like they get out there and they're like, oh, no, like, what do we do? OK, well, we need to figure this out and blah, blah, blah. And Lissa's like, oh, I forgot my lightsaber back at the temple, so I'll just be on the ship. And Sparkburn is like, nah, I got it right here. I figured you'd forget it. Like, there's such a, like, comfort in how much they know each other. They're so close that he's like, oh, I know you don't like to fight, but it's going down. Here you go. <laughs> you need it. Yeah. You know? So good. I just thought that was cute. The dynamics are just, even for the people that we don't spend a ton of time in, I feel like the High Republic does a lot to give us, like, fleshed out yeah. people. And- but, like, original and fun and interesting like quirky character like i don't even know if quirky is the right word you know what i mean but i mean just people that uh, they feel so so dimensional and unique there you go Mm -hmm. none of the high republic back characters are like cookie cutter yeah they're not just like tossed in there it's really nice that's another thing i love about this uh era um like even if you go back to like light of the jedi there are people in those books that you can like almost fall in love with for that you only see in one chapter you know um, and I really like that they give, they give that thought and that attention to even something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So yeah, I I really enjoy that 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 the depth that they put in this world. And this is like a young reader book. But even like the three Jedi they meet at the temple are all distinct. They're all different. They all have their own strengths and likes and uh, things like that and their own like points of view. When they could it like in any other. No, let's not. Let's not point at Legends. <laughs> let's not. Let's let it go. And I'm going to let it go. I'm just going to say that. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Good job, High Republic <laughs> people. You were winning. Winning. Uh, let's see. What else do I have? Oh, that machine that they want ver no that they want avon's help with like causes ground quakes on dalna that they think they want them to be catastrophic which is why she's trying to not do it as good or trying to like sabotage the machine so it doesn't destroy the planet yep she's not successful <laughs> nope <laughs> So like she tried. She, yeah. Like she tried. Yeah. Well, but do they do they take Imri's crystal? Like I can't remember exactly what happens. No, because she gives it to him at the end. Okay. Because she like fesses up, and I thought like it was a really nice moment of growth. Yeah. Like once once like everything goes to shit, and then like she's reunited. Um, like there's this moment in the book at the end where. Mm-hmm she like apologizes and i'm like gross look at this and like emory emory's like super understanding and like it's just it was nice yeah so like this goes way back to like a test of courage like when his lightsaber was destroyed and they got rescued she was like whoop and grabbed his kyber crystal and has kept it ever since and sort of been studying with it and like that's how she sort of is learning a lot more about kyber and crystal matrixes and all that fun nerdy nonsense um so she helps with the machine. She tries to sabotage it. It doesn't exactly work. So there are these ground quakes that are going to be catastrophic for the planet. But she's also able to escape. And I think at one point, like, she frees one kid. And the, they find the one kid first. Who's like, where did you come from? That way. And, like, that's how they find out that the Nile are there with the kids that they've kidnapped. Mm-hmm. Um, and they sort of, like, move in for the attack. But by the time that that's happening, there's all these quakes the Nile are getting off planet because the planet's about to die. And so they're like, how do we help these people? How do we help these people? Um, Cause the Dalnans don't really have a lot of spaceships. You know, they're a very like sedentary <laughs> culture. Yeah. Uh, so finally, is it Imri or when somebody comes up with, up with the, the idea, idea it's Imri. Yeah. yeah. They're like, well, should we tow the star cruiser? Uh, should we tow the starlight beacon over here and we can get everybody on the starlight beacon and go? Like, Insert the idea. meme that I put in the idea. doc. <laughs> yes, that's perfect. You got a SpongeBob. Let's just move the starlight beacon to where it's needed most. Uh, that's exactly what they do. So they need a bunch of strong ships. So they get a Purgle class star cruiser, also known as the Halcyon. And that was like where I was like, we were just there. Actually, this book came with me there because I read it on the Halcyon. Oh. Oh. Fancy. It it was good. I took Mission to Disaster to the Star Cruiser. And I had fun. But the Star Cruiser helped to tow the Starlight Beacon. And they rescue the people. And then they go back to, you know, and at the, uh, and that's pretty much 
where it's resolved. Like they, they rescue Ava and Ava, they help the people and they find out that like, you know, they're taking kids. They're trying to beef up their resources. The Nile are not done. They're communicating with all kinds of people. They still have resources to almost destroy this planet. Um, yeah, that's like not they good. aren't gone. So they're not gone. They thought Jedi thought they were Jedi wrong. Thought, you know, uh, yeah, man, I, I really enjoyed this book. Even in like a way of, uh, but just like the characters, there's all the characters in this book are so wonderful. Uh, and it's such a like, it's like a little bit of a mystery and then a little bit of like a problem solving thing. But I really think that my favorite thing about this book is definitely the characters. 100%. Agreed. Agreed. I love yeah. them all. It's good times. It's good times. And it's a quick read. So if you, you should definitely check this out. If you are into any Vernestra fan, this is for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're curious about Dalna, like I am, just definitely for you. Because that's a, and if you wrote on the Star Cruiser, check this out. It has a Star Cruiser in it. Okay. This has been my TED Talk. Thank you for coming to my (laughs) TED Talk. Uh, We're also going to talk about Edge of Balance by Justina Ireland and Shima Shinya with art by Mizuki Sakakibara. And this is the uh, High Republic manga. Um, That came out. And it's like part one. So it's not like. Yeah. And part two, I'm not sure. Like, I think it was at first it was going to be digital only, but now it's coming back to paperback because I was all like, oh, why is it only digital? But I think they had finally announced that they're going to do a print version as well, which will be Probably because supply chain stuff's been so bad. Yeah, it's It's been weird, which will be good for my shelf, even though it's probably bad for my shelf. Um, but man, this was, first of all, Star Wars manga is a thing that I've been enjoying since they've been doing some adaptations. Mm-hmm. Like there's a Rebels manga, there's a like Legends of Luke Skywalker, Leia Princess Lost Alderaan, Stars, Lost Stars. So they're always like really, really good. And it's also another good thing to where they're doing these with a lot of the books. And in that way, I'm able to see a lot of these things that I wouldn't normally get to see. Like you get to see young Holdo in the Leia Princess of Alderaan manga. And you get to see, you know, Sienna Ree and Thane, you know, uh, from Lost Stars and, you know, a lot of things that you don't so normally it's, it's get to see. It's so good. It's so, so good. And it's like, I specifically dig the manga adaptation because it's like, if we aren't going to be able to get a movie of this thing, right? it's really comforting to know that we can at least get like a different kind of visual adaptation. Yeah. But this is an original story. Exactly. And it, it starts off with, I put in my notes a sexy Stellan Geos because like I mean that's just Stellan Geos, but yeah. Damn. And he like damn. jumps out of his starfighter. And like this is manga, so like all the art is amazing. All of the so art good. is like super that manga style. Everybody looks hella animated. I wanna also say, and we'll get to it at the very end, yeah. that this book introduces what I think is the best part of the High Republic canon okay. thus far. <laughs> I already know where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm like, I'm, I'm here for it. Okay. The main character in this book is Lily Toraasi, who's like a, I think she now has a Padawan, uh, but she's like a newer Jedi Knight. She has like these two very like katana looking lightsaber blades that hang backwards. So she like dual wields and she's here on Banchi where they've just built a new temple or like an outpost or something 
uh, and like there's a lot of younglings there. So the the planet is kind of like refugees and younglings, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, you know, and specifically refugees that have like come from planets that have been affected, destroyed, attacked, subdued by the Nile, right? Yeah. Um, and her master is a Wookiee. Mm-hmm. With like beard braids. The most majestic Wookiee. So good. He and is like, like the cowardly <laughs> lion, but like mad noble. So good. There's like a scene later where like he's like a little bit in where he's like walking out to and he has this tiny little watering can to like take care <laughs> of some plants. And it's just like such a good illustration. Oh my god. It just I mean like just for the art alone. So good. Yeah, pick this up. Like, if you like anime art, like, this is it. If you want Jedi it. and dynamic stances, this is it. Um, there's sexy a line. Zellin, Geo's jumping everywhere. <laughs> Listen, so we got Sexy Zellin. In Before Lily arrives, there's, like, this line that... Uh, about, like, finding the balance of caring for those that are suffering and letting ourselves feel their agony. And I felt like that's so relevant, like, in any kind of crisis. Like, you can't just run yourself ragged. Mm-hmm. Um... And you can't be, like, the savior, but, like, you can help and you can care for people. And, again, that was the comment that I was thinking of when we were talking about the way that the Jedi in this era are allowed to care. And it's, yeah. like, even this setup, we're talking about refugees and we're talking about how the Jedi are, like, you can care. But, like, there has to be a balance, right? Like, mm-hmm. you you can you can't just 100% be all agony, you need to be also productive and care for these people, like, right. you know, nurture. I thought that was really good. I don't remember if it's in this. Well, uh, like, first of all, there are a lot of really, really good quotes in this book. Yeah. Like the ones that you were just talking about. But also uh, she's having some of these conversations. She's has these like master and apprentice deep conversations where she comes to these real comes to these epiphanies. But mm-hmm. she's having him with her master, who's a Wookiee. So, like, I really enjoyed, like, I don't know why it was so fun to me for him to, to me to be reading, like, you're absolutely correct, Master. It's only when I find myself that I can truly embrace others or whatever. Like, when she comes to the Epiphanies, she's talking to a Wookiee, and I just find that entertaining, because that's Star Wars, baby. Um, But her, like, uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Okay, that is wonderful. She meets up with her Padawan on the... Uh, on Banchi. And I also think that's really interesting because when she's talking to to Master Arkoff, the Wookiee, mm-hmm. Majestic Wookiee, uh, she makes a comment about like how she expects her expects her Padawan to go farther than her. And I really like this idea of like never limiting the next generation and it's very Vern. Yeah. Yeah. Um I so it's again Justina writing these like really dynamic mentors. Yeah. And I just I just dig it. Um but before they land there's there's this refugee that's like, oh, yeah, I can't wait to plant these seeds that were so kindly given to mm-hmm. me. And I'm like, there's nothing to see here. Uh-huh. Nothing. And, yeah. Me is like, hmm. Huh? Mm. <laughs> uh, and this is like a lot uh, this book. I think this book actually takes place before and during Valo. Yes, it does. Because yeah. because. <laughs> yes, because we're going to get there. But just real quick, like red flag on the on the seeds immediately. And then uh, I love that quote that you're just talking about specifically, because that's such an, a beautiful and other way of like, we are what they grow beyond. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many themes that are tied into this. Um, so I don't know, like, 
Like I've, I think I've seen an interview with Justina talking about how like, Oh, like we're like where she was giving a lot of credit to Shima Shinya. And she was like, Oh, like I just kind of came and like made sure the higher up, you know, like I, I, I wrote it with him, but he was like writing it. And I was just like something, something. Um, I really don't know who to heap the credit on, but they're both credited. And I'm going to say they did an amazing job with just so much of the, like, like I said, the dialogue and the art all really fit mm-hmm. together. But there are so, so many of these, like, beautiful little epiphanies. Um, yeah, I just, really again, cool. it's the idea that, like, we're getting these nuanced relationships. I just love that. Mm-hmm. Like, even, like, there's a, she's, like, dueling and she's teaching her Padawans about the lightsaber. I'm, like, flipping through the book right now. Why would we train to use a weapon that can so easily take life? Dude, that is the thing that, like, I also have my thing because I'm, like, this is also such, like, a commentary on, like, policing and, like, weapons and, like, violence. Just, there's so many things. Like, I'm excited for, like, the next thing because I'm, like, it just seems like they're exploring so many themes in short amount of time because, like, this, like, this part one is, like, boom 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 and then we're done because like there's still more to like but there's so much to explore in just this yeah. one volume but i mean this is simple thing like this is a a manga story and on the cover you have this jedi dual wielding katana style green lightsaber blades and you're like man this is gonna be so rad Stellan geos is jumping sexily out of a uh a, a jedi interceptor or whatever they're called i can't remember what they're called like and then you have these like strange philosophical, beautiful little things like, why do we use a weapon that takes life? And the other Padawan turns around. And it's like, because we can also use it to defend life. And then she's like, I think both are correct. Just like the duality of fire, water and wood. Each can help and hurt. This is balance that all Jedi need to learn. So you have these really like deep introspective moments of like what it really means to be a Jedi and what it really means to be a guardian or a protector or a warrior, or whatever you need to be at that time that you need to be it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know? I dig it. I, I love it. I, I love... Um, speaking of the younglings, though, like, they're adorable. Like, yes. I would die for yes. them. I would... So, it's uh, Viv, Nia, and... Who was the other one? I have it in my notes. And... Uh, Mima? Mima. And, then, and they're adorable. Yeah. They're adorable. Who's her, uh... Kieran Fee... Oh, okay, yeah. autocorrect. <laughs> okay, yeah. Like, I take notes on... I literally... It's called Notes for Sal on my notes app. Red. And I try to take notes, like, as I'm reading or listening to the book on mobile. And it just autocorrects Star Wars things so hard. So sometimes I'm like, I need to wait for Sal to say it because I don't trust my autocorrect. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But no, like, the kids are so cute and, like, it reminds me too of like the phrase like out of the mouths of babes where it's like sometimes these insights from like these kids from like these like from people who haven't experienced as mm-hmm. much or gotten you know like they can be so enlightening yeah um but alternatively these kids were like oh i wanted to be at the republic fair <laughs> oh yeah they're all crying about it and it's great because you're like no you don't you don't you do not i read two books on it you want to stay away stay away I stay have... here as far as you can child i have lol no you do not in all caps <laughs> like so bad <laughs> okay the guy who plants the seed like every shot of him now like that i'm going back through the book like his cheekbones are shaded so hard dude 
Yeah, no, he was shaded sus. Like, the way that he was drawn was sus. <laughs> I have seemed sus, uh, and then suddenly, like, the doctor has to go investigate that dude because he's, like, not moving. Yeah. Like, he's just, like, standing still in his house all creepy. Yeah. And and they're like, huh, things are kind of weird. Yeah, it gets a little weird and a creepy. And, I mean, I'm just going to cut to it. The Drenger in this book are so different and crazy than the usual Drenger. Neat. Um, <laughs> I love the meat. look of them. They're so good. Yeah. But, like, you know, uh, in the other books, the Drenger are, like, these very big, like, thick uh, faces with tentacles and mouths. And in these ones, they're, like, almost, like, they feel more, like, animalistic. Yeah. They 100% of, do. I mean, they're, they're still plants and vines and stuff, but they look like like an animal or an insect instead of a bunch of vines blob. Yeah. I don't know. They just look really cool. They did. And I think that like that's one of those cool things about seeing um, something adapted to different mediums. Like yeah. you're just going to get different styles. And I love it. Like, oh, they were so good. Uh, right before there, though, there was a moment with the Padawan. This was one of my favorite quotes. It was, uh, Lily says, if you're so confident that you can no longer reflect on yourself, it's going to lead to arrogance. And that arrogance leads to mistakes. And I'm like, oh, my God, I need to like. Dude, I need she's the best Jedi ever. This. Listen, I need to like put this on things because I'm like, that's so real. Like for especially I'm thinking about like all the conversations about anti-racism I've had in the last years. Um, and especially the last year where people just think that like they're done reflecting. And I'm like, no, like we can never be done with thinking about how we interact and like that just quote speaks it speaks to a lot of things but like for me if it sums up like so many of the feelings that i've felt about like people who think that like it's a one and done and it's like no no no, we continue to grow and again like in these two things that we're talking about we have these like jedi that are still trying to grow even as they have padawans they aren't limited yeah and they don't get stuck in that like stasis that and the absolute that comes with that no, this is the rule. This is what is right and this is what is wrong. Like, she's so fluid and ever-changing. And, like, the, the one that you're talking about specifically, it comes because, like, the guy's like, well, you're a Jedi Knight. Like, why are you even questioning yourself? And she's like, no, because if I don't, become becoming overconfident leads to arrogance and arrogance leads to mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, that's so how you, if you can't reflect on your own thoughts, then you're, you can easily become something and like we see that like we see how the arrogant like but by the time that we i call it the twilight of the republic uh thank you disney infinity for providing me a wonderful name for that age uh because those jedi are so inflexible like everything is so static the rules have become absolutes the like everything that they hold themselves by is like limiting and it like stops their growth they're not allowed to have attachments. They're a part of the Republic. They have to follow these rules. Well, then they have to do the Like, it all becomes, I, I mean, obviously it's their downfall, but it's like, they don't challenge themselves. They don't follow the force and they don't, uh, it's almost like they don't think for themselves either. Like in a weird way, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or if people think for themselves, they're told to shut it up. And I think that's Yeah, exactly. Like, you're breaking... That's not the rule. The rule is this. Don't think for yourselves. Trust the council. Mm. Anyway. We get uh, a Drangir fight. Nah, I got it. The Drangir in this game... In this game. (laughs) 
they look like Metroid bosses. That's the They're interesting. I just love that like the only thing they say is like meat. <laughs> That's like all of them. It's and amazing. I, I yeah. I love it, but like Okay, no, no, never mind. Let's continue. I am not gonna talk about the Dringer and Race to Crash Point Tower again because I've like beaten those ones to death. Because those ones are hilarious and like super baller. And they got in a spaceship and ran away. <laughs> like that happened. So <laughs> A fight ensues, and then uh, they, like, do this, like, chasing them out of the temple and chasing them out of the town, and then they do this, like, amazing force, like, gasoline fire tornado. Yeah! Which was just, like, sick. Yeah, <laughs> it was so, so yeah. cool. They're, like, fighting the Dringer, and of course they're, like, they, they could cut them in half, and it's like, no, it's two creatures, oh no, what do we do? And, like, they tur- they make a gas fire <laughs> gasoline explosive tornado. And they catch the dread. Like, that is, like, the dopest. And, like, they're sort of all cooperating, you know, to do it. Like, you know. It was really good. Yeah. And it, then. It was really well done. They're like, oh, like, there's this, there's, you know, Sexy Selen comes back. And then, like, they have this kind of, like, we did this. And, like, talk about, like, the, you know, the Republic Fair and what happened there. And then it's kind of just, like, but. There's still, you know, like that done, 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 like cliffhanger, and like it's right, clearly right. there's like a nihil on planet, um, and it's yeah, more to come. Yeah, so there's a volume two and everything, and I didn't know that when it was first announced because they didn't announce it that way. But mm-hmm. by the time I had like already pre-ordered it, it was like volume one, and I was like, ooh. But ooh. yeah, there's gonna be a volume two, so we will be back to this, uh, this planet, um. So yeah, she like stays and then Volo happens and all that. But I just, I like, I love the character Mm -hmm. and I just love the amount of introspection and really, really cool, like Jedi thought and philosophy that goes along with all this like sweet manga, sexy Stellan, dual wielding, Drengir monster, Metroid beast action that is drawn on the page. But then at the very end, there's like this very short, like kind of interstitial this happened yeah. at, during this and Bonus it's chapter the bonchians or bonchians uh-huh. and it's like there's like mystery of why things are going missing and like oh yeah these little bird people and they like are holding like fucking knives and like torches they have torches and, like, knives bows and arrows one is wearing a bowl as steal- a hat yeah they like have been stealing they, they don't have like this idea of ownership like it is the cutest thing because like mm-hmm. one of them has like one of the batu sporks and i'm like yo <laughs> pe- they've been stealing those batu sporks that's why we don't have batu sporks anymore mm-hmm. um these are disneyland like, guests <laughs> these are disneyland guests oh my god they were the cutest things and like they're just like these small kind of bird they all have hoods too like that makes them yeah. really menacing they almost like, look like <laughs> if you play final fantasy they look like bird-like tonberries like the idea of this cloaked little figure with a knife and a torch it's it's really good i think yeah. they're that's really similar to like kinku and uh D, but anyway okay they're adorable and that yes. like those are my favorite bit of high republic canon thus far period yeah. i will take no questions <laughs> like and so the idea is like those are the natives of that planet 
and like they just like were stealing stuff because other people came and they don't really have ownership and they live in these little caves and they're like well let's try not to intrude and i, I they they just sort of come into contact because the jedi find them but they look like these savage little cute beasts that are hilarious like look like the illustrations for these cute little like hooded birds are adorable but they look they're like holding torches and weapons that are bigger than them and it's just so cute <laughs> yes red <laughs> one has a spork one has a like you know uh the smugglers run pilot card it's really good <laughs> they're stealing oga's coasters it's really fun it's it's disney it's disney <laughs> exactly what it is and they only speak in chi Oh, maybe that's so why they're Banchians. A... Oh, that makes sense. I like that. I like that. I just made that up, sir. Maybe there's something that says ban, and that's where. Yeah, anyway. Uh, this was adorable. Yeah. I love, I love, again, like, I love the personification of, like, the younglings. Like, we get younglings in here. We get amazing insights, and then we also get adorable animals. And we get awesome art and sexy Stellan jumping out of a ship. As if we didn't mention sexy tell enough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the I can't wait for volume two. Uh, I really like Lily and how introspective as a Jedi she is, but she's not so introspective that she like, like she's not the kind of introspective that causes inaction. Oh my god, yes! Like she's the kind of introspective that she like weighs her options and moves. You know, she thinks about her actions, but she takes action. Um. I think that's another step or like trap that or like not even trap, like a common trope that you see with characters that they try to make too thoughtful. Uh, And I say they in the like generic storytelling universe, not really particularly Star Wars, just like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I like in this book that she's a person that thinks about where she's going and what is best, but then takes action when it's time to take actions and makes fire tornadoes. So good. It's rad. Um, yeah, and they're coming out Edge of Balance 2, and it looks like her little Padawan is on the cover of this one with his, like, look at this. I love their costumes. Like, so the little shock of green on his obi, that's the color of his lightsaber with his brown mission attire. And he's got green eyes. Like, this just sets everything off. Looks cool. Oh, I got a little I'm description. Ready. Jedi Knight Lily Tora Asi learns the Drenjir attack on Banshee was not an isolated event, but part of a coordinated attack orchestrated by the Nile. Master Arkoff is on orders from the Jedi Council to help Master Stellan Gios's investigation, leaving Lily in charge of rebuilding Banshee and restoring hope to the community. Lily vows the temple will not be put in danger again, not under her watch. When a disruptive, unannounced visitor appears, Lily must... Oh, I did not copy and paste the whole thing. Well, it's a mystery. unprofessional. (laughs) It's great. Anyway, it's good. It's really good. I love, like, new mediums for star wars like i love when they take something and use the strengths of it and like with all the adaptations it's really really cool that they steer it towards what works but obviously it's like a book and so you're like taking that and moving it and adapting it to another medium so this being the first like originally written to be a manga it's literally a story created for this medium uh-huh. And it rocks, and I like it, and it uses all of the strengths uh, that the medium does, and does it well. It's great. I highly recommend, and especially with the next part coming out, um, just get both of them and binge it one weekend. 
dive into it, man. You get a couple of hours of good times and like plenty of art to stare at for another week, month, year. The art's so good. And like, I, once again, you get to see High Republic costumes and they're awesome. Her like little mission outfit when she gets off of the ship, she has like this kind of stitching that goes down like the sides. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, I just, I, I love how unique and, and cool the costumes are in the High Republic and hers Agreed. is no exception. Agreed. Oh yeah, her master, like the Wookiee, has like this weird Jedi bandolier with, uh, and then he has a robe on top of it. Uh, good times. The temple looks rad. Like now I'm just describing the temple. Is, yeah, it's it's all so good. Yeah, so many I'm beautiful excited designs. Excited to see more of the world building they have in the next part. Yeah, uh, if you are not into the High Republic, you should be because it rad. It rad. Or you can just listen to this podcast, and I will ruin everything for you. Trust. Uh, what do I have to still cover? I'm going to be dropping an episode soon that's going to finish out the High Republic Marvel series. Um, I'm also thinking this might be a good time to go look back at that Anakin and Obi-Wan comic series by Charles Sewell that dropped because I am also looking forward to Kenobi. That is a non-High Republic thing that I'm looking forward to in the near future. And that leaves... What have I not covered High Republic yet? Eye of the Storm... And one of my favorite comic series, Shadow, no, it's called something, Trail of Shadows. That's a really good comic series. Um, so I will probably cover those soon. Maybe I'll lump them in with the uh, High Republic comics and just do all the Marvel ones at the same time. But we'll see. Uh, I am sorry for not getting out episodes for consistently for the last couple of weeks. It's been a little bit crazy, but... I have got stuff to drop before Celebration. And then once Celebration happens, it's going to get crazier. Because then it's Kenobi, then it's all kinds of madness. So hey, good times. we got a lot of Star Wars and love in the near future. I'm going to try to knock out a bunch of books and comics while I can. And then get back to uh, Kenobi shows. So yeah, it'll be good times. I'm ready. Maybe I'll see you at Celebration. Maybe I'll be Voss. Who knows? Who knows? I don't even know what day. I haven't even done my plans. Because that's what happens when you do costumes. You have to plan out your facial hair. <laughs> oh, that's a problem. Uh-huh. All right. Uh, thanks for listening. Hey, Star Wars, The High Republic. Hey. hey, you got any questions? Hey, check out our Spotify polls. I don't know what it's going to be. If it's, what was your favorite character, that means that I couldn't come up with a better idea. You know how I do? All right, Bianca, thank you. It, it could be, do Jedi do their own laundry? Ooh, that is a good Jedi laundry solutions. Jedi customization. Hey, okay, yeah. Got a lot of questions about Jedi clothes, fashion, washing, maintenance, and or upgrades. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, <laughs> I can roll with it. I can roll with it. That's good. Uh, thank you for speaking with me on the High Republic and all things High Republic. Uh, once again, where can people find you if they're looking for you online? Uh, at Bianca Hernandez on Instagram and at Bookhorting on probably everything else. It's on Twitter and then, yeah, all the places. Sweet. You can find us at The Rogue Rebels on Twitter, TikTok. Inst no, not Twitter. Instagram and TikTok and we are Rogue Rebels Fam on Twitter because somebody else has the other one. But hey, you know us by our logo. You can check us out at therogerebels.com. Make sure you like our Facebook page and all of that. And, uh, you know, do our Spotify polls or... You know, interact, send us a message, hit us up, man. We can for the use survival your thoughts of too. the Republic. All right. Thank you for listening. The fate of all Jedi. 
for control of the Force itself. <laughs>